You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. I hope you had a good weekend. It was a Tennessee sports-free weekend for the most part. The Lady Vols did open up their season this past weekend. The football team was off again. The men's basketball team continues to have activities paused, and they will hope to get back to full activities at the end of this week. On today's show, we'll begin Florida Week talk. Tennessee will play the Gators on Saturday. We'll talk about the game here in segment number one. We'll talk about what Tennessee needs to improve on. Obviously, there are a number of things Tennessee needs to work on between now and Saturday and to close out the season. We'll get to that on today's show. An interesting number when you look at Tennessee and the turnover margin over the last decade. It's not good for Tennessee. This year has just continued what has been a negative trend. Some interesting information from Will Shelton of Game Day on RockyTop.com in segment number two. And then in segment number three, a recruiting update. As Friday, I mentioned for now, Tennessee was holding steady with its class. Well, Tennessee lost an important commit uh, at the end of last week. I'll update you there here in segment number three of Locked on Vols. Today's show is presented by BuiltBar.com. Remember to use promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's when you go to BuiltBar.com. Tennessee and Florida will kick off at 3.30 on Saturday. The game will be on CBS, so the Vols get the big window on CBS for everybody to see. And Florida opened up as an 18-point favorite when I saw Sunday afternoon. I looked Sunday evening, and it was down to Florida minus 16.5. That's where it was at Action247.com, a site that I use. Quick plug of promo code JOSH100 if you happen to go there and sign up at Action247.com. But Florida being a 16.5-point favorite on the road against Tennessee is another reminder of where things are. And when I shared on social media on Sunday afternoon that the Tennessee-Florida game would be at 3.30. The response was not an optimistic one from Tennessee fans. Some of the messages I received, here's a sampling. This is lovely news, sarcasm. Good, I was hoping we would be publicly executed, was another response. Here's another one. Well, that cancels out the joy of my last tweet. Another one, LOL. Aaron tweeted, if we ever had a chance, it's definitely gone now. LOL. Another one said, it'll be fine. The spread will be covered at the half. And one more, we're going to need a miracle. Hashtag Go Vols. Hashtag Go Vols indeed. That's a reminder of where the mood is, where the level of optimism is. How could you be optimistic, I'd say, going into the Florida game unless you're just choosing to be? And if you choose to be, hey, good for you. I uh, I can't go into this week saying I really like Tennessee's chances against Florida. With Tennessee this week, I think the conversation will be centered around two main topics. Number one, the quarterback position. Will Tennessee give Harrison Bailey an opportunity to start at quarterback? I think he was going to have a really good chance to start last week. And if that was the case, if Tennessee had played Vanderbilt last week, and if that was the case, then I don't think playing Florida should really change the plans. I know Florida's a better team than Vanderbilt. Obviously, Vanderbilt, by the way, fired Derek Mason on Sunday after the Commodores were blown out by Missouri on Saturday. But I would look at it as, okay, now you've had a little extra time to help Harrison Bailey get ready, whether we're talking about practice reps or mental preparation for the game, for the idea of going out there and starting. Also, Florida's defense is not great. And again, an update on on that part of the conversation. 
but the conversation will be centered around two topics with Tennessee, the quarterback position and the number two, I think, will be player availability. We will hear from Jeremy Pruitt on Monday afternoon. Perhaps he'll have an update on how many players will be available. I don't know if he'll be naming any guys that could have been affected by contact tracing last week or uh, the positive COVID test, but that's something to monitor this week, what player availability might be like as last week in practice, Jeremy Pruitt said most positions were affected by players having to be out because of contact tracing. So that's a big part of the conversation. If you are looking for a reason to be optimistic, and I'm not saying even optimistic that Tennessee will absolutely win, but maybe that Tennessee can be more competitive than that number shows, that number being 16 and a half with Florida favored by Tennessee. Remember in the last two years, Tennessee lost by 26 and 31 points to the Gators. So it's been lopsided in both matchups. What about in this game? Well, Florida's defense has not been great. It's been better, I think, over the last few weeks, but it's not a great defense. And a freshman quarterback from Vanderbilt, Ken Sills, was able to have success a couple of weeks ago, which I mentioned last week as a reason to still consider starting Harrison Bailey or to not be concerned too much about starting Harrison Bailey this week. Florida's defense has improved, I think, from where it was at the start of the year. That Texas A&M game, the Gators just could not get a stop. But it's still not great, which is what Pat Dooley of the Gainesville Sun talked about when he was on The Nation on the Sports Animal on Sunday evening. Listen to what Pat Dooley said about where Florida's defense is now compared to where it was at the start of the season. Well, they're better, but they're still not a great defense. Uh, they, they still run in, in laps. They have lapses, especially early in games. I mean, the first few drives, Kentucky was just gashing them with the run, and they, they couldn't stop them, and they made some adjustments. They've got the personnel to do better than they do sometimes. And uh, in, in this case, you know, Kyrie Campbell was a big factor. He didn't play in those first three games, and it was huge not having him in the middle. They were kind of moving guys around. And they, they, they couldn't find themselves defensively. So they're a better defense. And here's the weird thing about this team. They uh, gave up 175 yards in the first half to Kentucky, uh, a team that doesn't throw the ball well. But they gave up 175 yards to them. And then they gave up, I think, 39 yards in the second. So they, they do seem to have run in spurts. And, and when, they, when they're when they good, they can be really good. And they had three picks in the game in the second half, all in the second half. But when they're bad, I mean, sometimes the Gator fans just sit there and go, what happened to a, a great defense that, that Florida usually plays? So Tennessee will be hoping that Florida comes in with the defense that's maybe not playing up to its best. The offense for Florida seems like when it's ready to turn things on, there's not much you can do about it. That appeared to be the case over the last couple of weeks when – Florida played against Vanderbilt and Kentucky, and you're probably going to say, well, those aren't great teams. Well, neither is Tennessee, of course. So part of the problem is trying to keep up with Florida's offense, and that's going to be a big challenge for Tennessee, whether Harrison Bailey's out there or Jared Garantano or anybody else at quarterback. Florida's offense is one of the best in the country. The Gators are also motivated. They are trying to get to the playoff and trying to win an SEC title and still work on things here the last couple of weeks of the regular season before they go to Atlanta to play Alabama. So this is a Florida team that is just capable of scoring in bunches, and Tennessee to this point has not shown that it can do that. That's why this is a game that's so difficult to believe that Tennessee is going to win. Tennessee hasn't 
played against a team like this, like this Florida football team that we're going to see in Knoxville this week, and won with Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach. The closest would be that Auburn game two years ago, but that Auburn team is not this Florida team, in my opinion. So the Vols uh, should be motivated. Florida should be motivated going into this one. Tennessee will need to work on a number of things, very obviously. That starts on offense, but also the defense is going to have its work cut out for it because If you look at the teams that Tennessee has played this year, Alabama had a great offense. Tennessee's defense couldn't do anything about it. The other teams that Tennessee has played, even teams that were able to score a bunch against Tennessee, were not this Florida team. Georgia offensively was not this Florida team. The same should be said for Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, for sure. It's just this is the second best offense, I think, at worst that Tennessee will have faced to go along with Alabama, and it's going to be a tough one for the Vols. One thing that Tennessee will need to do, very obviously, I would say, is win the turnover battle. That has been a big challenge for Tennessee, not only this season, but for the last decade. It's really incredible. Will Shelton of Game Day on RockyTop.com, looking up the last 10 years, what's gone on with Tennessee in the turnover battle, it helps explain why Tennessee has had the issues that it's had. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And after I finish the next segment, you might need an ice cold Coors Light. This past weekend was a good weekend to sit back and relax. And it's always a great time to grab an ice cold Coors Light if you're looking to do so. Whether it's a sporting event that you're watching, we have football coming on tonight. College basketball is going on all the time now, which I'm super excited about. And of course, the Vols are a week away from playing but with Coors Light whatever sport you're watching you can grab one you can sit back you can relax and unwind with a Coors Light that's cold lagered cold filtered and cold packaged it is literally made to chill from Coors Brewing Company in Golden Colorado it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies it's perfect for a moment to unwind and doesn't just the setting that you place here sound perfect you sit back you turn the game on and you grab a cold Coors Light You can go online to get.coorslight.com and you'll have the new look delivered straight to your door. That's right. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This was pretty wild when I read it last week at gamedayonrockytop.com. I love checking out the site. Will Shelton, who writes for the site, joins us on Sports 180 on Fridays. And Will noted in a piece last week that Tennessee has not had a positive turnover margin in SEC play since 2009. That's right. Tennessee has not gone through an entire SEC schedule being in the plus side of the turnover battle since 2009. That was the year Lane Kiffin was Tennessee's head coach. Tennessee was even in the turnover margin in 2010, Derek Dooley's first season. The Vols have been on the negative side of the turnover battle every year since. The second and third season with Derek Dooley, every year with Butch Jones, and every year with Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee has been in the negative in the turnover battle. 
that is a problem. And we hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about turnovers a lot. And when he does, he means it. Uh, his his best defenses that he had at Alabama, at Florida State, at Georgia, they produced turnovers. And he had great athletes, and that was a big part of it. You win the turnover battle, you have a better chance of winning. You lose the turnover battle, you hurt your chances. And in this kind of game, Florida this week, Texas A&M later in the season, if you want any shot of winning the game, you probably have to win the turnover battle. If you want to avoid what would be a pretty humiliating upset against Vanderbilt, Go lose the turnover battle in that game and then see how it works out from there. It, it has to get better. On Friday, I asked Will Shelton about that. What did he think seeing and putting that piece together that it's been more than 10 years since Tennessee had a complete SEC schedule with the Vols on the positive side of the turnover margin? Yeah, I think uh, for this year, at least for me, uh, the story with the turnovers has obviously been not just the turnovers, but that they've been ran back for touchdowns. So you kind of feel like, well, minus three is not that bad. But when you've been minus three, minus two, minus whatever for 10 years, that's a big part of the problem for why Tennessee not only isn't getting quote-unquote back, but why Tennessee can't even get a breakthrough year of of something better than nine and four. So I think it probably is undervalued just in the overall narrative of what's happened to Tennessee in the last 10 years. When we say, oh, this team is really due, <laughs> statistically, yeah, they are. But they're also not producing – they're not getting to the quarterback as much. They're, they're With some exceptions in the last 10 years, they're just not generating turnovers at the same rate that they were before. Part of that, again, they're not getting to the quarterback. They don't have enough athletes to kind of create that havoc and that sort of stuff. And offensively, they've, they've been prone to do uh, some frustrating things. So – You know, it it would be one thing if you had, uh, like part of the story in 2012 in Derek Dooley's last year, is you had a very bad combination of quarterback that's going to take some chances in Tyler Bray and defense that could not create a turnover in in South and Sarah's unit, and that really hurt that group. So some years are just kind of going to be riskier than others. But even this year and, and even early in Josh Dobbs' tenure, when Tennessee tried to kind of mitigate their risks and and take it easy and that sort of stuff. You just, you you can't be this frustrating for this long. You can't be in the negative for this long and expect any kind of progress. So, you know, the flip side of that is it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, Tennessee, when they're plus two in turnovers, we talked about this after the South Carolina game, when just plus two, Tennessee is, is something like 25 and two over the same span. If they're just plus two, it's not that they have to get to, you know, plus four or some something crazy. Just plus two can make a huge difference. So uh, it, it just kind of researching that, one, gives some, some data and some merit to, man, it feels like things have really been going against Tennessee for a long time because you've been, you know, essentially half a turnover a game in the hole in SEC play. And two, you know, what do you do? You just you need better players, I, I guess, to create more havoc defensively, uh, and your offense all year, we wanted them to take more chances, and that's going to come with more turnovers. So, yeah, it just just kind of a frustrating stat for, for what life has been like for Tennessee here for the last 10 years now. So this is not exactly a feel-good segment. You don't want to probably hear about Tennessee's issues over the last 10 years with the turnover margin and winning it. The fact that it hasn't happened in more than a decade in the SEC is very telling, but it is a reminder of just how important it is because that's something that you can easily just put aside and say, yeah, of course, you want to win the turnover battle. But when you never do, and then you never really have big-time success, 
they probably go together in some ways. Is that the only reason? I think there are a number of reasons. Uh, if you're not coached well enough, if you don't have enough talent, then it can end up being a problem against high-level teams, which you play against in the SEC. And you can also point to quarterback play, I know, in this. But you know, think about with Jared Garantano over the last few years. It's not that he turns it over a lot. He turns it over in bad spots. The defense has not forced enough turnovers here in the last few years and when you're talking about more than a decade of course it's a number of reasons why you've had so many issues but that's been the case with Tennessee so here in the next few weeks if Tennessee wants to have any kind of shot of pulling off an upset against Florida and Texas A&M this is assuming both of those games take place then you need to be able to force some big plays on defense and give your offense some help. And then on the offensive side, you, of course, have to take better care of the football. That's at quarterback. You know, think about in the Alabama game, in the second half, opening up, Eric Gray had a fumble, his return for a touchdown, and it's pretty much just over, right? You can't have those kinds of mistakes. And look, Tennessee was going to lose the game with or without that fumble by Eric Gray against Alabama, but it looks a lot worse when you have that turnover that helps the opponent Alabama in that case and Georgia it has players all over the place Tennessee can't match up quite as well Georgia turns it on boom turnover 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 you get blown out and that's what you also want to avoid because recruiting here is going to be a factor in the next few weeks and if if Tennessee not only loses to Florida but loses big and if Tennessee not only loses to Texas A&M but loses big that only hurts you in how your program is viewed. So that's another reason to take better care of the football, make plays on defense. You want something to sell to recruits. You want a reason for fans to stay engaged as well. And there's no easier reason, I'd say, for fans to say, you know what, I'm going to go do something else with my time than turning on the game, seeing that your team is not competitive, and then seeing silly mistakes on offense and plays given up on defense and you're not making plays on that side of the ball and it gets away from you in a hurry. You've seen it too many times, I know, as a Tennessee fan, and you don't want to see it this week against Florida. I can assure you, this week, the word turnover is going to be mentioned by Jeremy Pruitt, and I bet he mentions the importance of it multiple times between now and Tennessee playing Florida on Saturday. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, there is recruiting news to get to as the Vols lost a commitment from an important prospect at the end of last week. Also, a big-time target for Tennessee has opened up his recruitment. What kind of shot does Tennessee have here? We'll get to that coming up next on Locked on Vols, which today is presented by BuiltBar.com. And they have so many amazing flavors that are available. They added some last week for the Black Friday sale. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can see all the amazing flavors they have. You can also take advantage of the Cyber Monday deal they have with the white chocolate flavors that are there. I've taken advantage of the deal. I recommend you go check it out as well at BuiltBar.com. And as I mentioned, they have a bunch of amazing flavors that you can take advantage of. They're also healthy options for you. They show you right there like the white chocolate coconut deluxe, only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and it's 100% real white chocolate. So tasty options, healthy options for you to check out as well when you go to BuiltBar.com. You know I love them. You can get 25% off everything right now at BuiltBar.com with the Cyber Monday sale, plus a free advent calendar with your purchase. So go to BuiltBar.com, take advantage of the 25% off everything Cyber Monday sale, and remember to use promo code LOCKEDON. That will get you an additional discount on top of the 25%. It's at BuiltBar.com. 
I mentioned on the final show last week that Tennessee so far was holding steady with its commitment list, that guys were not jumping ship. Well, uh, about the time that I was recording that show, in fact, Demarius McGee, a four-star cornerback from Florida, announced that he had decommitted from Tennessee. He is still considering Tennessee, but this is going to be a bigger challenge as he still plans to sign in a little more than two weeks with the school. He doesn't know which school that's going to be. LSU is in the mix. Mississippi State is also recruiting him, and Tennessee is still going to try to push McGee to sign with the Vols. So Tennessee's not out of it, but Tennessee has lost the commitment, and that's not a good thing. Tennessee is going to be challenged over the next couple of weeks to continue to hold on to recruits and to hold off other schools who might be trying to poach commitments because of Tennessee's on-field struggles. Again, Tennessee needs to play better on the field on Saturday to help on the recruiting trail. Also, over the weekend, linebacker Trevin Wallace announced that he is no longer committed to Boston College. I talked about Wallace on Friday's show and mentioned that Tennessee was really interested in the linebacker from Georgia who has been committed to Boston College and with Smile Munden committing to Georgia recently, that meant Tennessee was probably going to spend a little more time focusing on Trevin Wallace and has probably already done that because Tennessee knew that Smile Munden was most likely going to commit to Georgia. Well, Wallace told 247 Sports over the weekend that he has a top five of Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and still Boston College. It's not a good sign that Tennessee's not in that top five that he mentioned. That does not mean that Tennessee can't get in there, and I'm sure that Tennessee is going to try to push. But considering Tennessee's need at linebacker and the fact that Tennessee has been targeting Wallace and we knew that he was still considering other options while committed to Boston College, and then he gives a list of five schools that does not include Tennessee, well, that's not a good thing. So Tennessee has its work cut out there. We'll see what Tennessee's able to do with Nylon Green, who's looking to make a decision soon. He's a four-star corner that Tennessee has heavily pursued. He has to see what's going on in the field, but he likes Tennessee's coaching staff. He likes Tennessee's defensive staff. So Nylon Green, defensive lineman, Tywin Malone, those have been some of the main names to talk about. We'll talk about more as this week goes along. I'll still say, though, that because of the pandemic and what's gone on and prospects have not been able to take visits, that has probably helped Tennessee in holding off other schools that are trying to take Tennessee prospects away. That's something Ryan Callahan of GoVols247.com explained a few weeks ago when he was on the show talking about the challenge Tennessee has faced with the results on the field not being so good. Because as, as losses pile up, you know, it, gets, it sometimes gets a little bit harder for guys to say, I'm okay now if, it's, you know, if, they're, if we're looking at two and six in a couple weeks. Things could start to could start to look pretty pretty tough for for some of these guys who who've not really known what to expect from Tennessee this year, but certainly didn't expect uh, a losing season like this, given where Tennessee was last year. So uh, the the one thing though that I think is really working in Tennessee's favor is that it's not a normal year that these guys aren't able to take visits, that they're not having the opportunity to to explore other options. Uh, the the fact that these guys in a lot of cases will have to sign without taking any more visits is definitely going to, I think, help Tennessee have a, a pretty good chance of keeping this class together. So we're not seeing anyone really wavering on their, on their commitments right now. I, I think there are some guys to still worry about maybe uh, at least a little bit, you know, Terrence Lewis, the five-star linebacker from uh, South Florida. He's, he certainly has, uh, has Miami in his, in his ear uh, and Miami, it sounds like has, has been a little bit more involved lately and they're, they're a real concern, but, you know, not a whole lot of guys you can point to in this class and say they're looking around pretty significantly. You know, guys like Demarius McGee, the cornerback from, uh, from Florida, he's also 
I think someone to keep an eye on. LSU's had some serious involvement with him in recent months, but it's it's just a handful of guys for the most part. So I think they're okay for now, but check back in a few weeks and, and it could be a little bit different. You know, we've seen Caden Salter and other guys reaffirm their commitments and, and it's going to be more of a struggle to, to get guys to continue to say that if the losses continue to pile up. The early signing period will begin two weeks from Wednesday. So Tennessee has a lot of work to do in that department while still working on a number of things on the field. And Caden Salter, the quarterback commitment from Texas, did reaffirm his commitment to the Vols again during the weekend. He said he'll be signing on December 16th as he's planning to enroll at Tennessee coming up in the spring semester. So that is a good recruiting note that I'll end the show on. And coming up on tomorrow's show, you will hear from Jeremy Pruitt talking about the Florida game. We should get an update on Tennessee's quarterback position and where Tennessee stands in preparation for a game against the division rival. Florida Gators coming to Knoxville this upcoming Saturday. Again, that's a 3.30 Eastern time kickoff on CBS. So we'll continue to look ahead to the Florida game coming up tomorrow and whatever other news there is out of the press conference, I'll cover it. We'll talk some recruiting this week. We'll talk Tennessee basketball this week. There will be a lot to discuss. I I appreciate you being here today. Keep telling other Tennessee fans about the daily Tennessee podcast. Locked on Vols, it's here five days a week. I appreciate you hanging out today. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Vols. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.